0: All right, tons of debate to get to from yesterday's nearly five-hour committee hearing in the Illinois House dealing with House Bill 5855. That's the measure to ban nearly 100 semi-automatic rifles, shotguns, and pistols, but also would ban the possession of uh, certain types of magazines that hold more than 10 rounds and prohibit anyone under the age of 21 from getting a firearm owner identification card. Uh, And uh, that would uh, obviously uh, raise a lot of questions about the constitutionality of all of this. Uh, We'll try to get some of your phone calls in later on But I've got tons to get through With yesterday's hearing And we start with uh, Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart Who uh, addressed the committee uh, As a panel of different law enforcement officials Uh, He supports the idea Of banning certain types of Semi-automatic weapons And here is some of what uh, Tom Dart had to say He even brought some props with him uh, To to lay out for uh, The committee people to see in front of them When he talks about uh, large capacity magazines. Uh, so here is uh, Cook County Sheriff Tom Darts.
1: These are everywhere. And we need something done now. Now. We need it done now. The lethality is absolutely amazing. You, if you ever tried to witness someone shooting with one of these things when they put it on fully automatic, the chances of them actually hitting the person they're aiming is infinitesimal. That's not going to happen. What's going to happen is innocent people all around are going to get slaughtered. That's what's going to happen. These things are designed for that. There is no sane person who's going to sit there and say, in our society, we should have these. And you know, folks, we all will be judged by history. We will. And I'll tell you what, 100 years from now, when they look at this era and what was going on, and the violence upon our children and innocent people each and every day, they're going to look back on us and history is not going to be kind. And you know what? We own it. We own it. Each and every person who sits there and makes up some fantasy, some fantasy of why these are okay. They have some role in our society. They make up these fantasies year in, year out, and why we should have these things. That is wrong. They know they're lying. They know that. And what's happening is people are dying, and we need to do something about it. And that's why, you know, Bob, when you called me about this, I couldn't wait to get here today. Because the notion that something's going to get done to help our communities, oh, my God, do we need this?
0: So uh, Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart laying out why he supports uh, banning certain types of weapons. And a whole host of other debate was had, uh, including a presentation by the Illinois State Police Director, Brendan Kelly. uh, And uh, he was also asked questions by um, Savannah Republican State Representative uh, Tony McCombie, the incoming uh, House Republican leader. Uh, here's uh, some of uh, what uh, the uh, state police director had to say, and uh, the questions and the responses. In a timely manner, anytime
2: the Illinois State Police have had any issues complying with statutory things, it's because we've had uh, instability. Uh, you can look at uh, the funds that were swept in 15 and 17 that created some instability within the Firearms uh, Safety Bureau, and that that led to, in part, uh, some of the backlogs we had with what it could still carry. We are well within the statutory timeframes now because we've had stability. Stability in that funding, this, uh, the ability to uh, plan for hiring, the ability to plan for new technology to be implemented, and that has allowed us to bring those numbers down. I, you know, my, my feeling is the only state police you give us enough resources, we can put a man on the moon if that's what the General Assembly wants, wants us to do. Looking at the mission that is outlined here within this bill, we believe we can accomplish that and, and we'll be able to answer ready so long as we have that support and those resources.
3: I presume there's hundreds of thousands of these listed firearms legally owned today, and if this passes, they won't be. How, how are you going to enforce compliance?
2: And that will be part of our, our normal enforcement efforts. When we find a, a, something that is not in compliance with the law, either because it's a prohibitor or, or it's a ghost gun or it's a switch or whatever the case may be that makes it unlawful, that will just be one of the categories that our, our, our folks will be enforcing as they come across across these firearms. But in terms of the individuals who that will be allowed to retain them and they'll be allowed to keep them, that's what some of those additional resources will need for the, uh, the unsworn personnel to set up essentially kiosks to make it convenient for folks to be able to, uh, to do the, uh, the process that's outlined uh, in this legislation so they can keep those. The information is on file with the Illinois State Police pursuant to this pursuant the statute. That would be less of an enforcement mechanism and more of a compliance mechanism.
0: Your
3: resources that you have today, um, and this is just really for the public, I mean, are, is that going to be utilized to target um, high-profile individuals um, or, you know, social media folks that are today uh, law-abiding but if this passes will not be how are you gonna how are you going to i guess can I have your assurance that those folks aren't going to be targeted
2: absolutely um they will not be you know we're not we take our, uh, our commitment to due process and our commitment to protecting everyone's rights. So whatever amendment uh, the Bill of Rights it is, uh, we take those rights seriously. Uh, and we only investigate the things when there's reasonable suspicion, there's probable cause, there's various legal standards that allow us to be able to use any of the tools we have, whether it's uh, just um, uh, re- uh, conducting investigation on the street or, or, or in any, anywhere out there in the community. Or it's online, it's on the dark web, uh, on whatever medium it is or whatever environment it is, our, our folks are doing their job. We have to adhere strictly
0: to the Constitution. So that is uh, Illinois State Police Director Brendan Kelly testifying yesterday at that House hearing, which was nearly five hours long. We've got so much more to get to. We'll hear from some of the opponents, uh, including the Illinois State Rifle Association and Todd Vandermeid, who's a very outspoken gun owner rights individual Uh, so stay tuned that's coming up here with Springfield's morning news on 92.7 WMAY we may also try to get some of your phone calls at 217-629-7970 92.7 WMAY Springfield's news and talk Well, we're back and uh, delving deep into the arguments heard during a nearly five-hour House hearing on House Bill 5855. That's the measure to ban certain types of semi-automatic rifles, pistols, shotguns, and magazines over 10 rounds. And uh, we've heard all kinds of supporters from Moms Demand Action, GPAC, even Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart. not necessarily indicative of all of law enforcement's sentiments, but um, still some uh, interesting comments made and the props that were brought up uh, as well. But let's hear some of the opponents. Illinois State Rifle Association's already said uh, they, they plan to sue and uh, they're not negotiating on a gun ban. Uh, Ed Sullivan was at the hearing yesterday, and here's uh, some of what he had to say uh, as part of the Illinois State Rifle Association's testimony.
4: I'm going to quote from Sharon Mitchell. Cook County Public Defender. He wrote an op-ed that basically said there's no Second Amendment on the South Side. He also, that op-ed was in favor of the Bruin decision that you're gonna hear from Mr. Vandermine at the end of this. And I quote, the truth is, laws criminalizing gun possession not only devastate black and brown communities, they also fail to achieve one of their primary objectives, reducing the supply of guns on our streets. I didn't say that. Someone that should know better that has seen the violence, that has helped communities uh, be restored, said that. Um, Bottom line is this this bill keeps alive systemic racism as it applies to the Second Amendment. I can take my firearms, my mags, I can go across the border, I have the means. What about the people that don't? What about the people, you're just gonna criminalize them? There's over 70 counties in Illinois, there are 2 a sanctuary counties. Those folks aren't gonna get arrested. So who do you think is going to charge with a Class two felony? I I think we should listen to Mr. Mitchell.
0: So uh, Sullivan making the case of uh, the possibility of this being disproportionately uh, enforced on minority communities, and that's a a big problem. Uh, You also had uh, Todd Vandermeid. Uh, He's a former lobbyist for the National Rifle Association. He was also with the Federal Firearms Licensees of Illinois. Uh, But now he's retired, but still very much active. In um, advancing uh, gun owners' rights, and while you heard a lot of the the proponents of banning guns saying, "Hey, there's some federal court cases out there that that uh, say you can ban certain magazines or guns," those aren't all the way up to the U- U.S. Supreme Court, and that's something that Todd VanderMeid yesterday in front of the House committee he presented some of the arguments that are now what are courts supposed to be looking at from the U.S. Supreme Court when it comes to guns. Uh, here's Todd Vandermeid from yesterday.
3: If a ban on semi-automatic guns and large capacity magazines reduces the perceived risk from mass shootings and makes the public feel safer, as a result, that's a substantial benefit. If it makes them feel safer is the exact interest-balancing approach that the Supreme Court in New York has rejected and forbidden. Four times in the Friedman decision, they used intermediate scrutiny in their discussion. And then they went on to say, the features prohibited by Highland Park's ordinance were not common in 1791. Most guns available then could not fire more than one shot without being reloaded. Heller explicitly addressed this issue. Quote, some have made the argument, bordering on the frivolous, that only those arms in existence in the 18th century are protected by the Second Amendment. We do not interpret, or interpret constitutional rights that way. Just as the First Amendment protects modern forms of communication and the Fourth Amendment applies to modern forms of search, the Second Amendment extends prima facie to all instruments that constitute bearable arms, even those that were not in existence at the time of the founding. Friedman got it wrong at every turn. The table has been reset, according to the judges of the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals at oral arguments last month. One judge, the chief judge, going so far is to say that the Second Amendment has gone from a second-class right to a supercharged right. And I'm here to tell you that the gun owners are tired of being blamed for every madman, every criminal, and every other depraved act that 2.5 million gun owners didn't do.
0: So, uh, Vandermeid also talked about just the enforcement mechanism here and how, indeed, this is going to be enforced if it's ever implemented and survives some kind of court challenge that's expected to go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, so, uh, here's more of Vandermeid uh, speaking yesterday at a nearly five-hour House committee hearing on the proposed gun ban.
3: My, I don't know how you're going to enforce this. You can't put us all in jail. Your new bail law just said you can't do that. You will have... Civil disobedience to where people aren't going to register things. They're not going to surrender things They're not going to turn them in. So I asked you what is the enforcement mechanism? Are you going to send the state police house to house? Are you because as one local law enforcement chief put it in my area He said Todd you're telling me that I have to go potentially arrest my neighbors People I go to church with the people on my school son's football squad the people that come over and barbecue, the guys I see in the bar, they're all now felons? I don't think that question has been thoroughly thought through. And so, you know, with the, I, I think you're going down the wrong road. And to sit there and criminalize 2.5 million people in this state, uh, the numbers that we're talking about here are staggering. and.
0: So, um, Vandermeid uh, highlighting again uh, just uh, how this doesn't seem like it's enforceable, uh, especially, again, when you have 70-plus sanctuary counties for the Second Amendment in Illinois. Uh, fascinating. And, of course, uh, we got more coming up of the debate. Uh, we'll take one call here before the break. Good morning. You're on WMAY. Devil's advocate, Greg, because I'm on your side, brother. Justice Alito cited Sir Matthew Hale from the 1700 Salem Witch Trial. So, when it comes to citing things from Waypack wins and going, oh, that can't have anything to do with today, don't worry. Alito set precedent for that. So. Well, but, but the same can be said about uh, a variety of other uh, old Supreme Court decisions yeah. or old uh, statements and writings. Uh, I think the Supreme Court recently uh, stated something, and even uh, Sullivan uh, mentioned this uh, when we heard him. Uh, you know, and even Vandermeid. Uh, you can't you can't take uh, you know a person's First Amendment rights as uh, as based off of what they wrote back in in this in the late 1700s. If that's the case, then you know you wouldn't be able to make this phone call. If it was regulated, uh, well, and, sure, and, and I and I, I I kind of feel like that kind of goes both ways. So I'm not trying to do what aboutism. I'm just playing the devil's advocate. Right like well, I, uh, I, we'll hear more. We'll hear more of the debate uh, from the, from the hearing. So I, I definitely want to give uh, plenty of time for that. Uh, Got to take a break though. Here with Springfield's morning news on WMA. Rainfield's Morning News with Greg Bishop. Weekdays 6 till 9 on 92.7 WMAY. All right, hearing more from yesterday's nearly five-hour-long house hearing on a proposal to ban certain types of semi-automatic weapons and magazines over 10 rounds. We've been hearing from the opposition after a slew of proponents from Moms Demand Action to GPAC and more uh, saying that we should ban these weapons. But opponents pushing back saying there's a Second Amendment and uh, a well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh, We'll uh, hear a little bit more of that coming up. Uh, But Ed Sullivan, uh, he's with the Illinois State Rifle Association. Uh, He again reiterated that uh, uh, the State Rifle Association is not willing to negotiate on a proposed gun ban.
4: When you ask for a gun ban, there is not a place that we can go where we can go and negotiate that there's certain red lines in the sand. And, and I hate to say that, but there is.
0: But uh, what kind of negotiation could possibly happen? Uh, State Representative LaShawn Ford, who we talked with earlier this week, uh, he talked about uh, you know how he's cognizant of the possibility of enhanced penalty uh, enforcement against minority communities, and that's something that uh, may need to be addressed here. Uh, but he also heard from some of the opponents of banning guns, saying that uh, they support the idea of more resources for certain parts of Chicago, for instance. Here's uh, Representative LaShawn Ford. And so, do I have your
3: support? as the NRA members to um, advocate and stand with us to fight for more resources for the West Side? Because you know what? I might just abandon my members on the Democratic side if you guys could help me bring a whole, whole bunch of money to the West Side, because you guys have, might have a solution here. So And let me, it might just be putting lots of money so, on so the West Side. Representative, let me give you a statistic. Yeah, I think you ought to put more money on the West Side, build more stuff. Don't gentrify it and run everybody out. That'll put more of my my members and hopefully more more of your guys to work too. I'd love to see that because if they're busy doing that, they're productive people in society. I disagree with the way the marijuana issue was treated and stuff like that. I disagree with the fact that you know medical marijuana cards are prohibited under the federal law. You turn around, and look at our bail stuff. One thing you guys didn't do. If I get arrested on a battery, because some guy grabbed my wife's behind at a bar and I took a poke at him, the minute I'm arrested and that goes into the system, my FOID card's revoked on the arrest, even though the simple battery is not a disqualifying offense. If I get supervision on that, they will take my FOID card and my guns and make me do something else with them all for issues that are not disqualifying offenses. How does that impact your community? When people who get low-level charges and are trying to be law-abiding gun owners now fall into this claptrap to where they have to surrender their FOID cards, surrender all their guns, move them out of the house and stuff like that. There's a bail reform thing that I think hurts a lot of people across this state that's not being addressed. I think it's unconstitutional the way it's written. But there are a host of things we can work on
0: So uh, hearing a little bit of uh, An idea of what could happen Outside of banning guns And we heard earlier uh, in the debates on this uh, About uh, people saying it's about the hearts And the minds of bad actors that needs to be a focus But uh, Representative Denise Stoneback, she is a Democrat And uh, a, a organizer Of a gun control group uh, She was a lobbyist before becoming A lawmaker uh, She tried to press members uh, that were in opposition To this uh, about uh, what the second amendment means and again A well regulated militia being necessary For the security of a free state the right Of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed uh, Apparently she says on the NRA headquarters in Washington D.C. Uh, it only has half of that I don't know that but here's Denise Stoneback uh, Talking a bit about um, uh, the, the the second Amendment from her understanding
3: Because we have in HB 5855 regulations Around firearms And on the building of the headquarters of the organization that you represent there is half of the second amendment
0: but the other half is of course this shall not be infringed uh it's kind of fascinating to hear her argue that uh, a well-regulated militia means to provide for laws and regulations and i think that you can push back on that and say well no a well-regulated militia means um you know, having uh, something that's in good working order. Uh, but all in all, after five hours, State Representative uh, Justin Slaughter, who chairs the committee, he uh, he said that uh, they're not done yet. There's still a lot more to debate on all of this. Obviously, this plane has not landed. Uh, with that said, uh, this is our last hearing this year. Um, this calendar year. Um, as I stated in the beginning, please look forward to more robust discussion and um, and more hearings. So we'll obviously be covering all of that and more right here with Springfield's Morning News. I'm Greg Bishop. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, where we stream live as well. Be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, hit that notification and all of that. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Uh- Springfield's morning news, again, uh, I'm Greg Bishop, much more coming up.